church say amen. Worship is free. That's why we come together. So that you can be with others that have been through. You come and encourage each other because you have made it one more time. Some of you are saying, I done had a hard week this week. Fighting things on every side. But Jesus. So when people give their testimony about where they was on last 
Sunday and where they are on this Sunday. It's because what God can do. Because he'll use it to his glory. If he got somebody that's willing to tell somebody about his glory. Yes. Now, us that, 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 that is so-called, so I know I ain't healthy. I'm just so lucky and blessed right now. That I'm overweight, fat, and need to be. But just because I ain't been, like I keep telling you, that's where you better start rejoicing. And let me help you. The more you can practice worshiping when you help, then when you get sick, you know what to do. And God can go ahead and bring you through. But if you take it for granted and won't worship him when you help, then when you get sick, you're going to be sitting on there, whoa, please. But when you worship me because of the good time. You've been worshiping in the past. Yes. 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 All right, all right. Today I want to talk to us about being the flock of God. In 1 Peter 5 and 2, actually I'm going to read. Because this is, see, it did, 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 did. Lord, you're going to have to help me through this. Because there's so much meat that I can't cook it all. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, see, this is why I want to make sure this you can, nobody's excluded. It says, the elders who are among you, I exhort. I am, I who am a fellow elder, a witness of the suffering of Christ, also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherds, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not with compulsion, but willing. Not for dishonest gain, but for eager, but eagerly. Nor as being lords over those who are entrusted to you, by, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that fades not away. God is saying in 1 Peter, the elders have a responsibility. And the key word to that whole responsibility thing is, you become the example. Oh, I would be touched on it. See, 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 I don't know what Bible we be reading. And I don't know where all this stuff comes from. But I do want you to know that the words I just read don't mean that we supposed to act the way we want to act. We supposed to be the example for the sheep. Yes. So when the wolf comes, see, see the wolf can't transform if the elders ain't on something. See, God said, see, when you learn his stuff, 
He said, as I am in heaven, so shall you be on earth. See, when you can't see me in heaven, then you can't act like you're supposed to act on earth. He said, there's a hierarchy. Follow this, and my son follow me, and then you follow my... Oh, somebody needs I'm in the wrong church today. Y'all turn to Acts chapter 20. I got a few scriptures. They're all tied together. And I'll be going home and watching the game. I probably won't even watch the game. I probably be talking to Jesus. Therefore, in Acts chapter 20, listen to what Paul got to say. Verse 28. Paul says these things to us. Take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you oversee to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with your blood. See, you bought it with your own blood so you act the way you want to act. But my Bible said his blood. For know this, after my departure, savage, he didn't say nice looking, he didn't say sweet people, he said savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. You know what's wrong with the church? It's been ate up. You are some lamb chops on the wolf's stone. He said also, from which among yourselves men willing to rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. I don't know what Bible y'all be reading. Therefore, watch. So I'm finna let you get mad at me. Because it's part of my responsibility to watch. But not only is it my responsibility, it's the elders of the church's responsibility. And not only is it my damn responsibility, it's the leadership of the church's responsibility. See, when we understand what God done set up, but everybody, well, let me go in and help you. Uh, stay out of my business. Let me do what I want to do. Come on, be honest. I don't want you in my business. And God said he got your business all up in bright lights. And, then, and I'm looking at him going, oh, there ain't nobody know but them. But anyway, let me move on. Therefore, watch. And remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. See, I'm like Paul. I cry all the time. Because I'm so busy trying to save these folks' lives. Not understanding that they're dealing with wolves and stuff. And they just steady letting the world overcome them. And I'm steady trying to move them out of it. You just don't know. You don't make it so far in life if you didn't make it because of God understanding. The problem with us today is we think that this stuff is irrelevant. That's why you don't know what that wolf looked like in that picture. I wish they wouldn't have circled it. 
because I know you wouldn't have never found it. And then when I say I seen, oh, Pastor tripping. <laughs> well, I'm going to be tripping. Then it says, oh, I'm almost through. So then, brethren, I command you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are well, after birth, my wife said set apart, but the true word is sanctified. See, ain't everybody sanctified. That's why you shouldn't get in the church and get an attitude, because everybody sitting next to you ain't sanctified. See, they may be in the church, but they ain't sanctified. See, the reason why the church act the way it act, because they say they expect to come into the church and see a whole bunch of sanctified people, but they don't understand. In them back pews or in the, somewhere, you may be sitting next to somebody that's not sanctified. Then one last one, then I'm going to get you out of here. Everybody turn to John chapter 10. And I'm going to tell you who you're supposed to be following. Oh, are you familiar with it, but you don't know it. Yeah. Verse 11. Jesus' great proclamation. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Go on down to verse 14. He ain't scared to say it again. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And I know and known by my own. God knows who's the see. That's why it's sitting in that church. You don't know what's sitting in the church. But God knows who's real and who's counterfeit. See, that's why I can't throw the counterfeit out. See, I love what Denzel Washington says in the movie Fences. Read it. Go get it. Black history. He says, you got to take the crooked with the straight. Now, he was talking baseball, a curveball, and a fastball. But it also relates to human life. He said, you got to deal with the crookeds in the church and the straights in the church. Because you can't separate. Only God knows who's his own. That's why the elders in the church, that's why the leaders in the church, you need to make sure you acting like you're supposed to act. Because the best way to find out what's crooked and what's straight is when the crooked don't act like the straight. Then he goes on and says, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. See, that's that hierarchy God's established. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep which I have are not of this folk. Them also I must bring. And he's talking about us Gentiles. Yeah. And they will hear my voice. And they will be one flock and one shepherd. Yeah. See, the church was designed to take differences Amen. and bring them together. For one purpose and one purpose only. To become the sheep of his pasture. That's why God tells us that the church, have a seat, is a flock. And see, it's an image 
from the Old Testament that God's people were the shepherd of his flock. Now understand this about the flock. In the Old Testament, they was all kin to each other. They were all Jews and from their families. Only a few of them were people that they didn't get rid of in the promised land. And they integrated into the Jewish culture. But see, notice what happens to them that don't happen to us today. God said, since you didn't get rid of them, like I told you to, they're going to have an effect on you later to bring down your demise. All right, all right. But God said, if you done kept them, don't you bow down to them. You raise them up to me. But just like the Jews of the past, they failed because the culture and the world. See, you got on your African account. I hope you know your African history. And I hope you can learn something that you didn't learn in school. Africa's a continent. There's many countries in Africa. And when you know that Africans are just as white as a white man or just as black as a black man, because you need to know what country in Africa they from. Because when you yell, I'm African-American, are you an Egyptian African? Are you a liberal African? Are you a Nigerian African? What type of African? Oh, sorry but it really shouldn't matter what your heritage is from. See, you like taking your DNA test, and I like reading about them DNA tests, because they put them all on MSN and stuff, and white folks shooting up and mad at everybody. I didn't know I had black in me. <laughs> they were mad that they got the test back, thinking they were something else. But see, when we understand what God doesn't say, just like in the Old Testament, the same thing is happening to the Christian in the New Testament. God said, you raise them up to my standard. Yeah. But just like the world, they ended up falling into the world standard. God is saying to his church, you quit trying to go into the world standards. And you live by my standards. And he said that the church will draw a world unto him. Imagine this. You got a great big old world. You got a little bitty circle. That's the church with the world. And the church is designed to take this great big old world and filter it through and transform the people back to Jesus. But we got to know what God done said. Know that the Lord is God and that he made us and we are his and we are his people, a sheep of his pasture. That's why when you get to Psalms 100, you should be shouting and understanding when you done got converted and sanctified. Only talking to sanctified people. When you get to Psalms 100, God says you give thanks to who you are. He said, make a joyful noise and shout to the Lord and all the land. He said, serve the Lord.
virtue I went through. He said, serve me with gladness. Then he said, come to my presence with singing and know that the Lord is God. And it is he who made us and we didn't make ourselves. See, when Jesus went to the cross, he told Nicodemus, oh, this is what the world has made. But you got to be born again so I can make you what I need you to be. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And see, when the Messiah came, even Isaiah knew he was coming. He said he will feed the flock like a shepherd. That metaphoric speaking is something we don't know about. See, most of us now from the city, we we barely. I wish you said that. Let me say We so city fine. If it wasn't for the zoo, you wouldn't know what a lamb looked like because you, we don't see them. And when we go around, so we don't even know how they act. And see, I'm not gonna go into the sermon on how she back. But I want you to know the reason why he uses the metaphor of the sheep is because you think that you don't act like the sheep. But we do act like the sheep. Because one thing the sheep need is somebody and something to protect them from the wolves and the foxes that's trying to eat them up. The thing that this sheep that God uses with his church, he keeps saying, you don't understand. What is getting to you? What is eating you up? What is making you try to do what you need to do? You want to run into a world, but you're not supposed to run into the world. He said, my sheep will hear my voice, and they will be under my command. He said, I laid down my life, and I'm going to put you in a sheepfold. I'm here to protect you, so I can protect you if you don't want to do what I ask you to do. I am the great shepherd. I am the chief shepherd. I am the one that know you better than you know yourself. He said, I made you. You didn't make yourself. I own you with my blood on the cross at sanctified. They don't worry about themselves no more. They know that they are bought with the blood of Jesus. And he done laid down his life. And like he said in Psalms 23, Lord, you done made a path that I don't have to worry about nothing no more. Because you are a good shepherd. And you're going to take care of me. When we was talking in my office, your greatest fear your greatest thing that you don't realize what Jesus has already done for you. It's not that you don't want to follow. It's not that you don't want to be sanctified. It's not that you don't want to be blessed and walk in his ways and precepts. Your biggest problem is you scared of what he already showed you that he done overcame. The reason why we act 
and do the things we do. And until you surrender all. See, that's what the problem is. Until you surrender all. And the greatest thing that is stopping you is what he came down to earth and showed you. The Greeks used to say, there may be life after death. The Romans didn't care if there was life after death. The Jews heard that there may be life after death. But Jesus said, the thing that stops you from living the way I want you to live is you're scared of death. And death no longer should control you. Because what I did at Calvary and when I came into your life, I didn't bring death into your life. I gave you eternal life that you should not fear death no more. And I don't know what I See, when I'm in the sheep fold, and I know I'm protected by the chief shepherd, I can walk in this world and be humble as I need to be. I don't fear who's trying to take advantage of me. I don't fear who's trying to overrun and, and take over me. I don't fear who's talking about me. I don't care what nobody's saying about me because I'm not worried about where I'm going to end up. I'm just worried that God is in control and if he tell me to go into the lion's den, then I'm going to go into the lion's den and restrict me in a fiery furnace that I'm ready to go in a fiery furnace and he say, jump off this cliff. But like God said to the rich one, the rich ruler, when he wanted to build a barn full of all his stuff, don't you know that on this day that I can take your life? So if you ain't got no control of you keeping your life, what else you got control that you think you got control of? God saying that the flock, the body, of Christ. He says if you hear my voice. See not them other voices. I tell the kids all the time I'm schizophrenic. I hear voices. And I ain't scared to admit it. Because the only voice I want to hear is not my voice. The only voice I want to hear is not your voice. The only voice I want to hear is not my wife's voice. I want to hear the voice of the Lord in my life. Guiding and lead me to greener pastures for what he can do. 
Jesus calls the sheep, he said to Peter, I'm going to go, but I got to check you. I'm about to depart, but I got to check you. Elders in the church, leaders in the church, Pastor Richardson in the church. Jesus said, I got to check you. He said to Peter, feed my lambs. Peter said, Lord, I'll feed them. But he knew Peter didn't know what he had to go through. It's going to be some cold winter nights. And you still got to feed my lambs. So he asked him again, Peter, tend to my sheep. And Peter said, Lord, you are attend to your sheep. But Jesus knew he didn't understand what it was going to take to tend the sheep. You're going to have to put up with their attitude. You're going to have to put up with their misfortune. You're going to have to cry when they want you to cry. You're going to have to smile when you don't want to smile. You're going to have to hug them when you want to choke them. You're going to have to love them when you want to shoot them. You're going to have to tend the body. You can't treat them the way you want to treat them. You got to treat them the way I treated you. You got to be able to love them when they became unlovable. You got to love them when they don't want to be loved. He said, you got to tend. That word tend means take care of. That word, when they don't want you to take care of them, you got to take care of them. When they don't want to put a coat on, you put the coat on. When they don't want to get dressed, you wake them up and get them dressed. When they don't want to eat, you feed them. When they don't want to be fed, when they don't want something to drink, you bring them to the water. And you put the head on you tend my sheep. The problem with us today, even us preachers and pastors and leaders, we don't want to fight you for your life. So we just saying, let them just go ahead and do what they want to do. You know they committing suicide. But if you really care about them, you're going to do whatever it takes. Jesus said, I laid down my life for you to have life and more life more abundantly. My child, whether I like it or not, I got to lay down my life. Then he said one more time, Peter, feed my sheep. Then Peter caught on and realized that this is going to be something that I never can imagine. Peter realized, I'm going to have to go to the cross myself. Peter realized that the precious blood of Jesus is the only thing that's going to get him through. Peter realized that the church that God was starting was going to require him to do what he didn't want to do. Peter realized when the Gentiles started to come to the church, God said, love them just like you love your own people. God said the church's design is the only thing on earth that you get to practice the second commandment. You got to love those that you don't even know their name. You got to love those that whatever come through that door. 
You gotta love those that have despised you. You gotta love those that became your enemy. You gotta love those that you don't want to deal with. He said you gotta love. Lifted up, up in heaven, high and 
Because I'm going to be back next week talking about this. I feel part two in my bones. And I think God going to expand a little bit more. But I'm going to let you go because that's enough for you right now. Because you need to work on what you already got. Because then you can work to come back next week and praise him. And notice what he said. You don't own you. The day you accepted me as your Lord and Savior, I became your Lord of your life. He said, now, Trying to be yourself. 
and get with the flock. So I can protect you. And the church is not the building. The church is in you. And whenever Jacob, I go to wherever I go, I look for the flock. I don't look for the worldly folk. I'm looking for the flock. I'm telling you, it's getting harder and harder to find the flock. Because them folk act just like the world. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Where? This is what you didn't see. No, I live for sanctified, godly people. I can love everybody, but I really want to love my brothers and sisters as a part of Christ. I'll be back, because there's more to the flock. But right now, that's enough. Because what God is saying to us, quit letting the world divide you up. Quit letting people just divide you up. He said, I have gathered. That means bring together. That don't mean separate. I gather my people together so that we can become a flock that trusts me Walk with me. Know my voice. And if they're sick, I'll heal them. If there's hurting, I'll fix them. If those that want to be wayward, I'll get them. But know that the sheep will know my voice. And he told, Peter told us, the shepherds, you don't own them. You don't lord over them. You learn to love him as he has loved you. Amen. Amen. Amen.